Episode of the Unconventional Education Show, where we talk entrepreneurship, we talk mindset, and we talk life experiences to help you level up and become the best version of yourself. Happy Monday, Mastery. I am excited for today's episode, and I feel like I've been getting a ton of questions and a ton of interest, and I mentioned this specifically in my book. I'm going to go back and, and talk about a chapter in there, but how when people see opportunity to make money that's easy, like for instance, this isn't an opportunity, but if someone were to say, hey, if you give me 10 grand, I will guaranteed give you back 20, that person's gonna figure out how to come up with that 10 grand. Granted and given that it was fully legitimate, it wasn't a scam, if you could verify that you would in fact get that $20,000 back, that person would come up with a 10 grand, even if they didn't have it at the time, even if they only had 500 bucks in their bank account, they're gonna figure out a way to get that $10,000. And it's interesting human behavior because you can go to people with a legitimate business opportunity, you can show them something that they can build in the long term and build real wealth that requires some type of investment and they might be like, oh, I don't have the money for that, I don't, I can't afford that, it's just not in the cards right now. But if you give them something where the, opportunity or the turnover to create money quickly is there, they're going to find the capital to put into it. And it's just really interesting. Like I said, I wrote about that in my book in a chapter all about when we used to trade stocks back in college. And that's what the, the topic of today's episode today is, is should you be trading cryptos, stocks, foreign exchange, just trading anything really, because there's a lot behind it, a lot of its mindset. But I wanted to address it just because I've been getting a lot of questions about it. I've been involved in the crypto market for some years now, and I think it's really hot. We're in the middle of this bull market, so people are seeing other people make a ton of money. They're trying to figure out if they should get involved or not. So I wanted to bring some clarity whether or not you should get involved. And I think the best way to always do this is start with this story. And again, a chapter in my book, I forget what we called it, The Wolves of Weed Stocks, I believe is what the chapter was titled, but... It was all about how I got involved in stock trading. And I talk a lot about how when I got into college, got into entrepreneurship via network marketing, that first business didn't work out, but then we just started trying so many other different businesses. And one of them, my roommate, Sarab, got me involved with trading stocks. And I remember we lived in these suites. That was the first place I lived when I went to Yukon. He lived down the hall. He'd always just come through, bust in our door at first. We'd be like, dude, what the hell is this kid doing? He'd like come in pull out our beanbag chair out, start playing NBA 2K, what was it, 2K like 13 at the time, 2K 12, something crazy. But as time went on, we realized how smart this kid was. And he started talking to us because he realized we were business-minded, entrepreneurial-minded, and he was as well. He was just doing different things. And he started talking to us about the stocks he was trading, and he was heavily involved in the medical marijuana sector. Now, this is early. Like, we're talking... I believe this was 2012 is when he started talking to me about it. So really taboo then. Still, like I don't think any states were legalized even for medical purposes. Maybe California was, but it was super early. And this dude was just crushing it, trading these medical marijuana penny stocks. So eventually, me and my roommate John at the time were like, dude, we want in. 
what's going on here? Like, I'd walk into his room and it looked like a Wall Street satellite office. <laughs> this dude just had screens everywhere. There's blinking red and green lights. And it just was like, we're just watching him make all this money. We're like, why are we sitting on the sidelines? So we decided to get involved. And at that point, we were all living together. So after that year, we all got an apartment together and we started trading these stocks. And in the beginning, the details aren't too, too important with this, but we got involved. First of all, we were following this stock guru, quote unquote, who was giving all of these plays and educating us and telling us what he was interested in, his, his strategies, whatever. And we were just kind of following along with what he was doing. But he made this one play for this one medical marijuana stock. And I can't remember the exact numbers. I actually went and when I was writing my book, I went and looked through the historical charts to line up the times to get the exact numbers that we bought and sold at. But Sarab was buying this thing at like 10 cents. I think John and I got in at like 20, 25 cents. We put in like maybe like a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks, which is a lot of money at that time. Like a thousand dollars was that's when I was working in the kitchen. That's when I was working for this crazy dude doing whatever he wanted me to basically around his property. And a thousand dollars was very hard to earn. So thousand, fifteen hundred bucks putting up was kind of like, oh man, this is real. And we ended up I think doubling the investment on that. So that stock went crazy, skyrocketed. I remember sitting in like chemistry lab, looking at my phone and just watching this thing go off. I'm just like, fuck school, we're out of here. Like I figured out how to get rich. <laughs> that, whole, that feeling you have, that elation when you're just winning. And so I ended up winning that first trade. But then what happened was we got into a few more trades and, and, we, and that specific one stock we repurchased into, well, John and Sarab did, I didn't at first, and it got halted by the SEC because of that huge pump and, and they were worried about, um, what's it called, foul play. And so they halted it and then it opened back up and just proceeded to piss away into absolutely nothing. Like the money was never even there in the first place, just like a pile of fairy dust. And I remember buying it when it got unhalted and watching pretty much all the money I'd made just fizzle away right in front of my eyes. And at the time, I, I was so consumed. Like while we were trading, I was so consumed. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I felt so good when we were winning and when we were losing, I felt terrible. I felt like the world was coming to an end. And I decided after that whole little you know, trading experience to hang up my trading cape. I was like, this just isn't for me. I need to focus on something that's more in my control because I didn't have a business with income at that time. This is very important. That was like what I was doing to try to make money at the time. And I decided to hang up the cape, go focus on other businesses. Obviously network marketing and a slew of other things worked out, but that's how I started. And it wasn't until this year and actually within the past few months that I started trading it all again. Now I've been investing and I'm going to talk about this at the end too, because I do not believe trading's for everybody. Investing is though. Everyone should be investing their money for the long term. So I have been investing pretty much ever since then, just not trading and trying to capitalize on short-term short -term profits. So basically like, what was it? Back in February, I, I've been playing in the crypto market now since 2017, been aware of it since 2012, I wrote about that in my book as well, how <laughs> we went to this this entrepreneurial networking event. We broke into these groups. We each got three words and 
they had to sign a leader to the group to pitch an idea to the whole audience. There's probably like, I don't know, 50 to 100 people there. And so my group gets fish or they get we get taco, truck and Bitcoin. And I get up in front of the audience and pitch this whole idea how we're going to get a taco truck. We're only going to accept Bitcoin and we're just going to keep it. And that's our business model. And everyone's laughing at me because Bitcoin was basically nothing then. And it would have probably been the best business model that it could have ever been launched. I'd be sitting on a private island right now with as many helicopters as I want, doing whatever the hell I wanted, probably getting hand-fed grapes. But regardless, I'd been aware of it since then. And I watched it go from an asset. I became aware of it when it was, I saw it under 100, under 100 bucks. And then in 2017, I played around a little, but I didn't really fully understand it. And then I did fully understand it. So the past couple of years, I've just been purchasing cryptocurrencies and I've watched what happens. And I've seen now firsthand what happens during bull runs, like the one we're in right now. And I wanted to capitalize and make money. I'm in a position where I am comfortable with the amount of income my business provides me to risk some of that capital to potentially make 10x, 100x gains during this bull run. So that's why I started trading. I I was watching the market. I'd been long-term investing just to hold. And I saw these fluctuations because you'll have days, if you guys are paying attention to the crypto market, some of these will pop 50% in a day. And then like clockwork, they come back down. It corrects itself. Then it pops and it corrects itself. But I just didn't know the right indicators, the right timing, any of that stuff because I was just watching it happen. So I came across Jeff Seckinger who knows he runs a crypto hedge fund who put out his group. And so I joined it and I was like, let's, let's do this. And I started with an amount of money I was willing to part ways with. And at last week's episode, I told you guys how during that flash crash the other night that I lost five figures in literally an hour. And he, he posted, he lost like 750 grand in an hour. Fortunately, because I, I wasn't over leveraged, I pretty much recouped all of that. I lost a few thousand bucks, but small price to pay in terms of what it could have been because I I thought like five figures just evaporated before my very eyes got it back. But, you know, we're we're not, I'm not in any trades right at this moment just because of the market's kind of choppy and it's harder to predict right now. And I'm just following what Jeff's doing. I pay him for a reason. Like I'm not the expert he is, so I'm mirroring his moves. But I, I wanted to share with that just to preface with you guys, like kind of where I stand on trading, where I'm at with it myself, and to get into if it's for you or not, if it's a good fit for you. So what does it really take to trade? Now, the first thing that from my experience that you need to be a successful trader is a bulletproof mindset. We are creatures of emotion. Pretty much everything we do, and if you watch people, everything they do, they might sometimes try to think they're making logical decisions or they'll make emotional decisions and then justify them with logic. But most people are acting off emotion. Everybody listening, you probably had one of your friends, guy or girl, both parties are guilty. You've watched them in a relationship that makes no sense for them to be in that it's just toxic. It's not good for either person. And from an outsider's perspective, the logical solution would be split your ways. There's billions of people on the planet. You can find someone who you can (laughs) coexist with peacefully and happily. What the fuck are you doing? And that's how simple it seems. But that person is so emotionally wrapped up that 
they, they can't see that. They're blinded by it. They're acting completely emotionally with no logic behind it. And that's how we really act in life. Pretty much everything we do is an emotional decision, and then we'll justify it with logic. When you're trading in any market, crypto, stock, forex, trading anything, you must discipline yourself to act with logic versus emotion. If you act emotionally, you will get creamed, you will get crushed, you will get stomped out immediately. When you act with logic, that's a huge component of winning. And, and basically something to follow is when your emotions are telling you to do something, you should do the opposite. So for example, you're in a trade and it's tanking. Now there's, because basically most investments in the long run are going to end up positive in the long run. So that could be five, 10, 20, 30 years, which is, which is difficult to wrap your head around. But when you're in a bull market, and, and that's why I'm involved right now, because everything is trending upwards, there's corrections along the way, but we know this bull market isn't over yet. And once it is over, then I'm probably going to not trade anymore, to be honest with you, and not follow, like the whole part of this group is to capitalize on the bull market. But when you're down a little bit, your emotions are screaming, you need to sell, you need to get rid of this, this thing's going to zero. Then you do that, then it corrects and goes back up. And then now you're emotionally even more distraught because you just sold for this loss and you're watching what could have been whatever you're you know trading with, could have been hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in profit. Likewise, when things are soaring, when the prices are all high, you watch one of these cryptos pop 50% in a day, emotionally you have this FOMO, fear of missing out, and you wanna hop in, you wanna buy that trade while well, it's skyrocketing, and so you do it without logically thinking about the fact that anything that's up 50% is gonna correct itself somehow. One thing going on right now, Dogecoin, I, I don't play with that. I, literally, it was created to make fun of cryptocurrencies. And a lot of these altcoins don't really have a functional purpose. I believe Bitcoin's really the only solid one out there. And some of these altcoins do have functions, but and, and a lot of them are going up just because of the hype surrounding the market. But if you see something up that much in a day, buying it is not the logical thing to do. But take your emotions out of it, take the FOMO out of it, and realize that it's probably gonna dip back down eventually, and then you'll have an opportunity because timing's everything when you're buying. So first things first, again, you, you can't get caught up in your emotions. And if you're an emotional being, <laughs> trading's probably not for you. You have to let logic take the wheel. Another thing to keep in mind when you're trading is when people get greedy, that's when you're supposed to get fearful. And when people get fearful, that's when you get greedy. So this, this crash that just happened, this quote unquote crash, Bitcoin corrected itself around 30% as the time of this. It looks like it's kind of recovering right now. And the stock market this week, because we have Biden's tax plan of, I think in, uh, he's proposing to double the capital gains tax. That creates fear in the market. People dump everything off. And instead of looking at it emotionally, like, oh my God, the world's coming to end. This is nuclear fallout. All you see is a bloodbath. Look at it as an opportunity. So what I did during this time is I have money aside to buy during dips like this. So I put more capital into my long-term positions. I wasn't trading because it's too choppy and too unpredictable when there's stuff going on like this. But you can identify a time to purchase at a good price because and that just goes back to what I was saying before. Something's up 50%. 
and you're like, I need to buy it. And now it's right back to where it was at pre 50% just because of that correction. And I'm sure it's going to go back and even above, but you have to be thinking with logic. The second big part of the mindset is you have to have patience. Once you get involved in a trade, and this is when I first started back in college, I really had no patience. I'd be staring at a computer screen. I'd want to buy and I'd want it to go up 100% immediately. And you, you just want it all to happen right away. And sometimes that's not going to happen. Sometimes the market's going to move sideways. There's not going to be much going down. There's not going to be much going up. You got to be patient. And, and that goes with what I said before too. Like timing's everything. If you buy something when it's at an all-time high, that's really not the best decision you can make. When you buy something, when there's a 30% dip like this, when you're in the middle of a bull run and history shows that you're in the middle of a bull run, it's probably going to bounce back. So when you buy during a dip, you don't try to time the bottom, but you know that you're significantly down from where the market just was, then you probably are going to end up with a good trade there. It just makes sense. But you have to have the patience. You have to know that these corrections are going to happen. You have to have the patience to buy when the corrections happen. You have to have the patience to know that it might not shoot up immediately. You might need to hold on to it for a little bit. And this is all, guys, I'm, I'm referring to uh, trading, just trading in general right now, not long-term investing, because that's a whole different ball game. And I'm going to talk about that at the end a little bit, because it's a tried, true, and proven way to earn money. And if trading's not for you, that's probably going to be the route you should take. And everyone should be taking, even if you are trading. But anyway, timing's crucial. The third part of a bulletproof mindset, you can't allow yourself to get caught up in the highs or the lows. When the market is bleeding and there's blood as far as the eye can see, <laughs> you, you can't get caught up in thinking that it's over, emotionally react, and then get into a depression or a dark space or look at your account down and think about, wow, I just had 10,000 extra and now it's gone. Oh my God, this sucks. I should have sold. I'm going to sell now. This is all melting down. You can't get caught up in that. But at the same time, when everything is green, it's smooth sailing, we're on a rocket ship to the moon, you can't get too caught up in that either. Because nothing's real until it is realized. Until you sell your positions, none of this is real. So remember that. Like when the market is soaring, great, your investments are going up, but know that there's probably going to be a correction. When the market is bleeding, it sucks. It hurts to see your account balances go down, but just look at it as opportunity to add to your long-term positions, to get in and make some quick swings because things are going to recover. That's how you have to look at it. You can't get caught up in the highs or the lows. And this all goes back to thinking like a logical being once more. So the mindset part is really the biggest because it's a very, very mentally draining game if you allow it to be but if you go in with logic which it's difficult because money is one of the number one emotional triggers that people have losing money making money any of it for me i hate losing more than anything else i hate losing way more than i love winning and it's not a good thing but it's facts for me so me losing 10 grand is far worse than me winning 10 grand like that, that the strength of that emotion, but you, you gotta separate yourself. And another tip I'll throw in here is that if you're gonna trade, especially in volatile markets like these, you can't be putting money that you absolutely, like you need. You have to be playing with money you're okay parting ways with if things go south because it's very, there's a high chance that they do. 
when you're when you're playing a game with this much risk associated, there's huge reward possibilities, but there's huge loss uh, possibilities as well. So you need to be aware of that, and you can't be putting in money that you can't afford to lose because that is going to trigger the emotional side way more. You need to be playing with money. Put it in the account. When I when I made my leverage trading account, I basically went into it and I said to myself, look, I'm putting this money in here. It's basically gone in my mind. That's how you have to think about it. The money's gone. It's no longer yours. And that's why when I lost the five figures the other night, it sucked. But I was kind of thinking to myself, this is what I signed up for. I knew the risks. I put in an amount of money that was fine to lose. And that's that. So, but if you're putting in money that you you need for rent next month and you're thinking you're just gonna make a quick come up, make a quick trade, double it up, and then things go south, you're gonna be in some serious trouble. So you can only play with money that you can afford to lose. Huge principle. And if you don't have that, don't trade and just look at safer, longer-term investments. Outside of mindset, which I can't stress enough is the most important part, you must have access to good information. I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't paying someone who knew, who studied the crypto market inside and out and was giving us the information we needed to make the right trades because I wouldn't know what I was doing and it would just be straight gambling. In many ways, trading is gambling, but it's calculated gambling. You're, you're skewing the odds in your favor and you're, doing, you're playing probabilities. And if you play probabilities in the long run, you're gonna win. But you need access to good information. So I highly suggest paying somebody to get information, whether it's Forex, whether it's crypto, whether it's stocks. There's people out there. There's companies out there. There's courses you can take. There's newsletters you can subscribe to. They're going to give you good information because once it's published, once the news is out, it's too late because people basically what they do is buy the rumor and then sell the news. That's, that's often what happens. So if you're buying when the news comes out, you're going to be the person buying Dogecoin at an all-time high and watching your bank account evaporate right in front of your eyes. So you need good information. The third part, this is what this L I took the other day, which ended up basically coming back to even, which was incredible. It was an absolute miracle. But I realized you need to create a set of rules to trade by and stick to them. Meaning what we're doing with crypto right now is we're doing 10X leverage. So to break it down for you, I would basically say you have $1,000 in the account. Well, let's say this, say that you put $1,000 into a 10X leverage position. You're borrowing money from the brokerage, from the trading platform. So if you're at 10X and you put $1,000 into a position, you're actually putting in a $10,000 position. You're just borrowing nine grand from the platform. So now you're making money off that $10,000, whether it goes up or down. So based on your initial $1,000 you put in, if it goes up 10%, the, the crypto, then you're actually making 100% on your money because you're trading with the 10X position. But likewise, if it goes down 10%, you are down 100%. So the rule I had to make was we were just getting way too greedy. I, I was up hundreds of percent on some trades and not selling them. And I'm like, what am I doing? So I made a rule, 10% move is reasonable in the crypto markets right now. So 
when I'm up 10% in a 10x leverage position, I've doubled my money, sell it, take the profits. Like, what am I looking for here? How much more do you need? It's like you have to slap yourself across the face. Like, like John, you greedy fuck. <laughs> what more do you want to get out of this? And that was a big one. I tripled my account and I just kept upping the ante and looking for more and more and more and got greedy and then I got caught. And I learned that you need rules to stick by because, because if you don't, you're going to get greedy. You're going to let things get out of hand. You're going to let ego take control and then everything spirals out of control. So you need a set of rules. What are you doing it for? What type of gains are you going to look for and lock in? And then at what point do you take the profits out of your account and then either you, you just use as cash for whatever you do in day-to-day -day life or put it into long-term investments. So what I decided is every time I double my account, first of all, 10% gains, so 100% gains with the 10X leverage, sell. And then every time I double my account, I take out half of the amount and I'm putting it into long-term holding positions instead of just trying to be a superhero and turn this into like 100X in that leverage account, which is just super risky and stupid. So you need rules to, to trade by and you need to stick by them. It's crucial. I would say, so th that's kind of like what it takes. And there's a lot more than that. And I'm a very intro level trader, but the mindset piece speaks a lot to me because business for business and just anything in general, the mindset plays such a big part. But I, I want to say, because I've been getting so many questions about this and people wanting to get involved and I've taken a step back because I understand this isn't for everybody and that's why I wanted to do this episode. But I will say this, trading is probably not for you if you get easily depressed, if you are an anxious, very anxious person, if you don't have money that you can afford to lose or you don't have time to pay attention to this. It's a recipe for disaster if you're someone who gets depressed because the market, I, I, I watch my net worth in just all my positions, not like I have a very small portion of my investments in actual trading. Most of it's in long-term investments, but I watch it freaking flash with like a red and green disco ball every single day going up and down and up and down like a seesaw. If you get depressed and you're deep in a red day, that's going to be terrible for your mental health. Stick to long-term safe investments so you can just put money in monthly and you're going to win in the long run. And you don't have to deal with the day-to-day -day ups and downs and let something like a market dictate your emotions. You don't want to put yourself in that position. Same thing with anxiety. If you're if you're anxious, you're, you're going to be fully consumed by this. You're not going to be able to do anything else. This is going to be your life. And it's just not healthy. You got to put a price, like figure out what's it worth. Money's very important, I believe. Money is a very good thing, but it, it isn't everything. And if you don't have your mental health, no money is gonna fix that. And if this is just gonna destroy your mental health because you're getting depressed and anxious, then it's probably not for you. There's other ways to make money that don't require that. I mentioned before, if you don't have money that you can afford to lose, don't trade with it, don't gamble it. It's like going to the casino. I believe it's more calculated than that, but take that money and put it into something safe. There's safer ways to invest your money than trading. So if you don't have much to lose or anything to lose, don't be putting your car payment and your rent payment and your food budget for the week and your credit card payments and your student loan payment into an account to try to be a superhero and multiply it. That's just stupid and foolish and you're probably gonna end up losing and that's gonna put you in a very bad position. 
And I say, if you don't have time to pay attention to the markets, you got to pay someone, I think, for information, unless you're an expert yourself, which you probably don't need this podcast if that's the case for trading. But if you don't have the time to pay attention, you probably shouldn't trade in it because it, it does take a certain amount of time investment. You need to be kind of paying attention to where the prices are at and looking for opportunity. And a group like Jeff's really helps that because he just tells you exactly what he's doing. He updates you immediately when he's doing it and you can decide whether or not you want to participate or not. But you still got to kind of pay attention because things like that flash <laughs> crash the other night. If I was at dinner, I came back and it was about I don't know, 11.30, maybe midnight when I got home while this was happening. And if I hadn't gotten on my computer, I wouldn't have been able to salvage. Like I sold off a couple positions to play damage control and that allowed me to recoup everything once everything bounced back. And so if I didn't have the time to do that, and there's there's things you can set like stop losses and take profits and all of that, but you should have some time to monitor the market. The last part I want to address here is what are the alternatives if you don't want to trade, but you want exposure? It's clear trading's not for everyone. I think it takes a certain type of mentality to be able to do it and do it properly and win in the long run. But buy, number one, buy and hodl. If you guys haven't heard hodl before, it's called hold on for dear life. Look at what's happened over Bitcoin's history. It goes through these massive bull runs and then bear markets and then bull run, then bear market. And each one is exceedingly crazier and crazier. So let's say, for example, you wanted exposure to Bitcoin. You bought it in 2017 at the peak it went to, which was about $20,000. And then it came all the way down to as low as about three grand in March of 2020. You might think, wow, I made the worst investment ever. And you held onto it for all those years. Well, guess what? If you kept holding on to it, as of right now, it's at about $51,000. We've been up to 66000 so far. If you had just bought it and held on to it, you would be 3x your money, even if you bought it at an all-time high during that, that last bull cycle. So if one of the best strategies you can do is dollar cost average. You have an amount of money that you're willing to invest long-term, and I'm using Bitcoin because that's where I'm most involved, but it could be the S&P 500, it could be a stock you like, it could be Bitcoin, it could be whatever you decide you wanna put your money into. Just once a week, once a month, put in a certain amount of money, no matter what the price is, and dollar cost average, and you will win in the long run because you won't worry about the peaks or the lows and the dips and all of that. It's very important for trading especially leverage trading. But if you're holding for the long run and you just buy once a week a certain amount of money, you're gonna buy some absolute peak highs, you're gonna buy some absolute peak lows, and you're also gonna buy somewhere in between and it's all gonna average out and you're gonna win in the long run. One of the most important concepts of life, this is very important in trading, but life in general is your time preference. And I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on this quickly and then end this episode, but there's something called low time preference and high time preference. Now, people with low time preference have a dollar today and they're willing to part ways with that dollar to get back $2 or $3 or $10 in 10 or 15 years from now. People with a high time preference are the people who get a dollar today and are straight to the bar to get a drink, to get that immediate little buzz and get that rush. Operating in just life in general to be successful, you need a low time preference, a topic I talked about all the time, delayed gratification, but 
that's what you need here. If you're investing, you need to have a low time preference. You can't be putting in whatever amount of money into an investment and expecting things overnight. You're putting that money in there knowing and placing a 10, 20, 30, 50 year bet in the long run. And you're cool with not having that money now because you know what it's going to become over that time period. That's probably the number one most important thing in investing is knowing that today's dollar that you have can be worth $100, $1,000 in 50, 100 years from now. You just have to have the discipline to not spend it and, and just give in to your most basic human desires and urges. Like instead of going and blowing all that money shopping, blowing it on a car, blowing it on whatever, just blow bottles and whatnot. And don't get me wrong, guys, I do some of this stuff, but it's a small portion of my income. I make sure to take care of investing and paying myself first because I know what that'll become in the long run. The people, it's, it's so funny, the people that you see with the flashiest shit and that have all this stuff, it's like if they instead, and, and you can't judge everyone because some people really are flashy and have all that with a tiny amount of income they're spending and they're still investing, so you, you can't jump to conclusions. But for the majority of people you see, and especially in today's day and age, that are you know flaunting all this flashy shit. A lot of them are broke, and they're and they're just putting all their money to maintain that image. If they took that money that they're trying to hold up this image with, and had a low time preference, and put it into a vehicle that in 10, 20, 50 years they had that patience to let it all come full circle, they could actually live that life and probably 10, 50, 100 exit. So you need to develop a low time preference. And, and so if you don't want to trade and you want exposure, develop a low time preference and just average your money in every single week. Take One of my favorite books is The Richest Man in Babylon. And once I read it, a principle I took is 10% of every dollar is yours to pay yourself first with. So when you get your paycheck, take 10% of it and you put that into an investment vehicle that you like, no matter what. You don't pay your rent, you don't pay your food for your food, you don't pay your credit card company, your student loans, you take 10% and you pay yourself. And you don't touch that money, that's your long-term money. You use that money solely to generate more money with that money. You can live off the interest or live off the income you generate with it one day, but you don't, you don't touch that principle you're putting in there. Watch your life change by just doing that. Something as small as 10% you don't even notice it's gone. It's That's what's crazy. Say you're making five grand a month. That's only 500 bucks a month. That's what, 120 bucks or 125 bucks a week? That's not much to put aside and put into an investment vehicle of some sort. And that's just gonna set you up for the future and take care of you. So you don't need to be trading. You don't need to be putting yourself in these situations, but you do need to be investing. And that's the time and time again, proven strategy to build wealth is long-term investing. So I'm going to leave you guys at that. Hope you found value in today's episode. Hope this kind of gave you some clarity of as to whether or not trading is good for you or not, whether you should get involved. And uh, just overall, hope, you know, just help, again, shift your perspective because that's what it's all about. I just wanted to talk to you guys about stuff that's not really spoken about much and give you my experiences, give you my honest feedback, and let you decide for yourself if that's something that you want to do or not. So what I'm going to do to end this episode I'm going to put the link in my show notes of the crypto inner circle group I'm in where I'm getting all these signals, where I'm learning everything. If you feel after listening, like when I was saying you shouldn't trade if you get depressed, anxiety, you don't have the money to, do not sign up for this group. It's as simple as that. 
But if you're a person who's been super interested and you want to get involved and you have some income that you're willing to risk, I highly recommend checking it out. It's been incredible as a learning, just learning the information I've learned, but also making money from it as well. So I'm going to put that link down in the show notes and give it a give it a look if you're interested. And as always, my DMs are open. Shoot me a DM if you have any questions. And I just want to take a moment to really thank you guys for the love and the support as we're approaching episode 100. Crazy feeling. It's just so cool to see the people who've tuned in all over the world and the, the story reposts and the messages. And when I run into people in public who are like, hey, I love your podcast that I never even knew listened to it. So really, guys, I couldn't appreciate it more. Guys and girls, <laughs> I got called out. I gotten called out many times by my mom for this, but Ruben, my business partner as well, He's like, you say guys too much on the podcast. And it's funny because it's primarily girls who listen. It's just when I say guys, I don't mean it like men. I just say guys like you all. I need to change that though. It's something I'm going to work on. So moving forward, call me out on this shit. Everybody almost just said it again. It's habitual. I got to snap this one. I'm going to do it. But I love you all. I really appreciate every single one of you for tuning in, listening, showing love, and showing support. It keeps me going, keeps me driven, and it's what's going to keep me going because end of the day, I just want to see you all prosper, want to see you all thrive and live the best life that you can. So get out there, crush it this week, have an amazing week, kick ass, take names, and we will catch you on the next episode. Later, everybody. Peace.